Enola Holmes 2, the sequel to Enola Holmes, which came out two years ago, is now streaming on Netflix. All of the crew are back. Harry Bradbeer is directing once again, based on a screenplay by Jack Thorne. You've got Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, Helena Bottom Carter, David Thewlis joining the cast, who is absolutely fantastic. And of course, Lewis Partridge playing Lord Tewksbury. Everyone's back for a second go, and I have to say that this is one of those rare sequels that I think surpasses the original because Ooh. it does everything a good sequel should do. It escalates the action, it builds on the themes that were there in the original film, it furthers the lore of Sherlock Holmes, it provides fan service for people who actually read the original novels and enjoy Sherlock Holmes. And it does all of that while creating its own world around Enola Holmes. Like, I was so impressed with this movie. This is one of those rare Netflix offerings that I just wish they keep making more and more of because it was so enjoyable. You know why? Because I don't think Netflix is involved in this, just like the first one. Because the first one was uh, supposed to be a cinema release that was then hunted right. onto Netflix. So I'm wondering if the back-end team is just like, you know, you keep your mouth shut, Netflix. Just take what I give you. Because the first one was just spectacular, right? Oh, the first one was incredible. And the first one kind of sealed the deal on the fact that Millie Bobby Brown can lead a film, a TV series, can do anything. Running off of that, I really liked Henry Cavill's Sherlock Holmes. I was just kind of, I don't know, disappointed, but I like that there's a lot of Sherlock Holmes, but I also don't like that there's a lot of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did you think, did you think there was a lot of Sherlock Holmes? Because I thought there was very little Sherlock Holmes in this one. Like, I thought it was Millie Bobby Brown's movie and... Sherlock was always on the back foot, which is the way I want this story to play out. You're right. I just feel like there's a lot more Henry Cavill in this than the previous one. So there's an elevation of the Sherlock Holmes character because I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it, but obviously at the end, we see something happen to Sherlock Holmes and I'm just like, if you're not going to give me a Henry Cavill Sherlock Holmes spinoff, don't show me all this. Oh, I think they need to do that because... They need to show how it fits within that existing universe, right? So you see Sherlock's universe kind of come together in this movie as well. But of course, it's still supplemental to everything that Enola is doing. I just feel like Sherlock Holmes is getting involved in this. like So they're working on the case together. And I love all of it. But as a storytelling thing, I feel like because it's Sherlock Holmes, it already drags so much attention it already pulls so much of your focus that i felt like having someone like henry cavill who is great absolutely love him as sherlock holmes the movie feels very 50 50 in terms of tone i didn't get that at all like for me it was completely millie bobby brown's movie like i completely forgot sherlock was around whenever he was not on screen like when he stumbles out of that bar when it first happens, I'm like, oh yes, wait, Henry Cavill's in this movie. He's Sherlock Holmes. And for me, that worked really well because I thought they used him sparingly enough. Like when she was in real trouble, then he would come, but not to her rescue, to try and find a way to help her get out of it. And I thought that was cool. He was never the knight in shining armor in any situation. 
it was such a small percentage of the film that I don't think it overwhelmed. I think this was still very much like Millie Bobby Brown is practically in every scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she carries every scene incredibly well. And you're so invested in the character. You just want more of it. And I thought they did that balance very well, not just with the Sherlock Holmes stuff, but how they balanced her growing into becoming a cool detective her love story with Tewksbury. I was going to say, I really enjoyed how they kept Tewksbury towards the second half of the film. But I love that the movie isn't tied down by Enola Holmes's yes or no or love interest situation, right? She's dead focused on the case. The Tewksbury thing sort of is a trouble that she can't avoid until at the end when she decides to sort of agree and fall into it. And I like that they kept that character so far out of it after being such a big part of the first one. I thought they used him very well as well. Tewksbury didn't feel like a side piece. He was actually essential to the story too and his role kind of comes in right at the end, right? And the importance of his role as a lord and his power and all of that stuff, all of that kind of plays in. And I thought the writing was incredibly tight in trying to pull all these threads together and... One of the things I love most about these films, and it was set up in the first film as well, is it has that feminist lean, but Mm. it works it well within the story. And so this one uses the real match girl strike and kind of works that into this fictional story that they're trying to tell, where Enola Holmes is kind of supplemental or adjacent to the woman that actually started the strike. Can I just say, that was a beautiful thing at the end. You know, because I'm completely ignorant to all of that, so I didn't know. There's a lot of stuff with the magical strike that's quite interesting because, yeah, the poor working conditions and slave-ish labor-like things for, like, absolute minimum wage aside, there was also the phosphorus shit of working in a matchstick factory. And they didn't necessarily talk about it too much, but there was a condition called fossy jaw, phosphorus jaw, where it caused permanent disfigurement. I think that's kind of what they were going with with when that one girl was turned away from, from the factory with typhus because I don't believe that's the symptoms of typhus. Your bone suffers necrosis and starts to die after all this exposure to phosphorus and all these women were dying. And I like that they wrote that in, right? It's not just a story. It was It's a story that's based on, it's not even based on the character, the real person's name is Sarah Chapman. So I love the, the way they, they built that in. There are a lot of Sherlock Holmes spin-offs, novels. Some of them approved by the Holmes estate, some of them mm. not. There are a couple that are really, really good. Michael Shabon wrote one, a really thin novel of Sherlock Holmes as like an aging gentleman solving mm. one final case. Right. That's one. There is a series of novels which starts with The Beekeeper's Apprentice. Okay. And the author's name escapes me at the moment. It's Laurie. I can't remember what her name is. But that features an aging Sherlock Holmes and a young girl as his apprentice. So it's not his right. sister, but it's just a young American girl who becomes his apprentice. And it's fantastic. It's a whole series of novels and mm. also really, really good. So yeah, and those novels all do similar things. So the Shabon novel kind of has Sherlock Holmes investigating a final case relating to the Holocaust. So it's all kind of tied into these really interesting historical moments and how Sherlock Holmes would feature in something like that. And so 
I'm a sucker for those kinds of stories, and I just love that Enola Holmes is featured in this mm. bigger story of London and the Match Girl strike and this small part that she plays in uncovering the whole mystery. This is one of the few new Netflix properties that I am looking forward to anytime it sort of gets announced. This one, Knives Out series. And mostly, I think I go back to what I said earlier, like because it's so far outside the Netflix content manager hands that it gets good. It doesn't get, I don't know, dumbed down by algorithm or something. It doesn't conform to a template. I think that's what it is. Because if you consider something like Enola Holmes versus what they tried to do with the Baker Street Irregulars, that TV series yeah. was awful. Yeah, right? that was Also terrible. based yeah. on Sherlock Holmes. And yet, it just didn't work because it tried to conform to this YA template that they think people want. And what Harry Bradbury and Jackson have done is, yes, they do a lot of that cool Guy Ritchie-esque storytelling fast cuts thing, but it's utilized in a stylistic and classy manner. They did it in the first movie. They do it in this one. It doesn't overwhelm the storytelling in any way. They use it throughout the film, not just the one time and then forget about it like we see in so many productions these days. And all of it kind of works very well as a piece. Even when Enola breaks the fourth wall and talks to the camera, all of that serves a function and a purpose. This is very clever writing and very good filmmaking. It's just, it's just nice. It's thoughtful. It feels like there's a lot less breaking the fourth wall in this one than the first one, I think. It almost feels like there's a lot less. And I like it for it because it's not used as a crutch. It's not used as an excuse to give one long monologue about what they would rather not shoot, you know, or they just find it's easier to just tell people. And the way Enola does it is that you're talking to a friend. And I think Millie Bobby Brown pulls that off really very well. She's so good. She carries this She's movie good. on her yeah. back. And she does it very, very well. I need part three. There's enough setup for a part three. And I like the direction that it might be going in. So that could be very, very cool. Yeah, I think it's just fun. In a lot of ways, that is enough. You know, especially, I mean, I don't mean to disparage streaming services, but when you're on a streaming service, sometimes just being fun is good enough. And, and it feels like that has been lost lately. Yeah. There's a drive and a need and a want to be fantastic to be amazing but where sometimes Enola Holmes is the perfect example of just being fun is good enough and like you said it then drives you to go oh crap Sarah Chapman's a real person the strike was a real thing and I think that puts you down a rabbit hole uh, Nancy Springer has I think seven novels Ooh. if I'm not Ooh, mistaken hello but she wrote a whole bunch between 2006 or 2007 and 2010 and then she released one in 2021. So like after yeah. the first movie, there was a new novel. And I think there's another one coming out this year if it's not out already. I've only read the first two. Okay. And the books are really cool. I would say they're more YA skewed than the movies. Like the movies are pretty YA skewed, but I feel I enjoy the movies because it doesn't pull any punches. It's pretty violent. Like Enola Holmes mm. gets slapped around quite a bit and like punched in the face. And I'm just like, whoa, yeah. that's a lot. But yeah, yeah, what's yeah. cool 
is there are so many fantastic moments when she fights back and just kicks ass and you're just like whooping at the TV when that happens. I just kept waiting for Cable to lock his arms. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a fight in the third act where I thought, I've seen you do better. You can take these guys on. Let's you can take drag these guys, on. Cable. Come on. Let's, you, can. Let's, you can do it. Come on. Let, I know, I know, Stop I know toying you're trying, with them. I know you're trying to, I know the writers are trying to make it so that Enola has, has her own villain to fight off with, but... These two guys, you can take them on. Come on, it's you can not do even it. like a, you can do it. It's not even like a kung fu guy, kung fu Asian guy. He's just some Asian guy. Come on, just a random dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. Come uh, on. It was good fun though. It is a lot. It was of fun. a lot of fun. It was, yeah, 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 yeah. This is how you make sequels. This is exactly yeah. how you make sequels. You escalate the action. You develop all of the things that you set up in the first movie. You give people more of what they liked, but then make it even better. You grow these characters. It's just, it's very, very clever filmmaking. I really hope there's an Enola Holmes 3. I haven't read anything about it yet, but I'm thinking this thing's going to be a tremendous success. So, fingers crossed. From a storytelling point of view, they avoided all the sort of lame pitfalls, right? In that they could jump forward and her and Tewksbury are in a relationship. Then they get into a fight because she's working, to whatever, right? So then they break up. Then they come. It doesn't do any of that because it's true to the character of Enola Holmes from the first one where she wants to be a detective. She's not entirely sure she wants to be tied down by a man and she just wants to do her thing. So it fits the growth of the character without jumping too far forward to get into the lame love story stuff. Enola Holmes 2 is now streaming on Netflix. We highly recommend you check this out. It is an absolute blast. You can watch it with your kids as well. We think they will like it and you should introduce them to the Enola Holmes universe. Let us know what you think once you've seen it. Goggler MY, all of our social media feeds, podcast at goggler.my to send us an email or a WhatsApp at 012-524-5208. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Goggler Podcast.